Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Mark and Sarah talk, Mark and Sarah talk, Mark and Sarah talk about songs, talk about songs. Hello and welcome to episode 215 of Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. I'm your host, Jack Offmore. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Rosie Palm. Hello, Rosie. Hello. Okay, so... (laughs) That was was the extent of that joke. Okay. (laughs) So, Sarah, why don't you let us know why we're here today? Uh, We are ranking songs of the key of self-love. Um... I believe that it is quite fitting that our theme, which you just heard, which is our opera theme by Mr. Andrew Byrne, uh, first of all, starts with O. And second of all, I think that this idea was one of the first ones that we put in our list of possible topics back in 2016, y'all. And I think it came from Andrew. Am I mistaken? You are correct, in fact. So... This let's idea give Andrew is a hand. I've yeah, got a, let's give Andrew a hand indeed. Let's knuckle shuffle this... on over to Andrew's phone. And okay. <laughs> I've, I've got a million of these. I regret to inform everyone. Um, so, um, yeah. But these... here's how it really started way back in 2016. Andrew just said at the time, it would be interesting for you to talk about Shebop and I Touch Myself because those are both songs about ladies and self-pleasure. Uh-huh. And... We apparently needed five years to gestate on that idea and now turn it into this ranking. Uh, There will be seven songs of self-pleasure that we are ranking today. They are Blister in the Sun by Violent Femmes, Dancing with Myself by Billy Idol, Darling Nikki by Prince, Icicle by Tori Amos, I Touch Myself by The Divinals, Shebop by Cyndi Lauper, and Turning Japanese by The Vapors. Um, Sarah, you're so much better at this part than I am. If people haven't heard a ranking episode before, what's the, what's the lowdown on that? The lowdown is as follows. Uh, like Mark said, we'll be going in alphabetical order and we will assign each song a points ranking. So if, uh, say Icicle is my number one song, spoiler, it is not. It is not. (laughs) (laughs) It is not. That would receive seven points. My number two song would receive six points and so on. Mark will also assign point values, and our Patreon supporters were also invited to (laughs) give these songs a hand or not. At the end, we combine all the points, and we figure out who is the gold medal of pop music onanism and who is in last place all by themselves and not in a good way. And uh, (laughs) these rankings have the force of law, just a reminder. And if you would like to vote in future ranking episodes, we would love to have you. You can join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Mastis. And I think, Sarah, it's time without further ado to get this party for one started. (laughs) But everyone's invited. Um, I like to watch. This is so wrong. I'm going to have to cut out so many doofy comments after this. Uh, Yes, indeed. Um, Before we begin, I will note that it is very interesting that so many of these songs come from the 1980s when really this was the only safe sex available. Yeah. So, yeah, just um, imagine what it was like to be an adolescent at that time 
if you're if you're not my age, this is this is how we lived was Billy Idol in a pleather harness singing about <laughs> bopping the baloney. But we're not starting with Billy. Uh, we are starting with Blister in the Sun by the Violent Femmes. Uh, my chief association with this song is with my so-called life. Mm-hmm. When she decides that she's finally over Jordan Catalano. Yeah. But she's jumping around on her bed, d- like yep. performatively not thinking about Jordan Catalano. Like, hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he leans great. <laughs> anyway, let's hear a clip, shall we? Yes. Body and beats, I stay my sheets. I don't even know why. My girlfriend, she's at the end. She is starting to cry. When I'm walking, stop, 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 and I'm so strong now. I'm high as a guy, I'm just fine. I check you out. Let me go out. Oh, my God. Sarah, I have to tell you a story about my youth. Yay! (laughs) So when I was at governor school in the summer of 1995, which was a summer program hosted at a state university in Tennessee, uh, we had a school dance every Saturday night where we would all gather around on some outdoor cement courtyard in the University of Tennessee at Martin campus Okay. Girl, where is that? I don't even really remember. (laughs) It's in your heart. Yeah, exactly. And we were all there for the Governor's School for the Humanities. So it's a bunch of kids who like poetry and Virginia Woolf and nonfiction essays about the rituals of death. So we were like, I think, to this day still, (laughs) a really interesting bunch of people. (laughs) Just ask us. (laughs) We've prepared several reasons to explain it to you, including this dance. We're we're all familiar with the governor's school. (laughs) The type. M.O., yes. And if you... If you've listened to this podcast for more than 15 seconds, you probably are thinking, yes, Mark, we know that you're the type of person who would go to governor's school. <laughs> Look, reader, I married him, so no no judgments. <laughs> <laughs> so the dance uh, for the first week, and I think even the second week, were they were... They were well attended, but sparsely danced, if you will, because we're all a bunch of 15, 16 year olds standing around feeling awkward. And then we became really comfortable with each other as the program went on. So that by the time we got to the third of five Saturdays, Blister in the Sun got played by the DJ. And for some reason, as a community, we decided that we were over ourselves enough to just dance and have fun. And so I will never forget the collective whoop of everyone in the room, for whatever reason, just deciding it was time to dance. This is partially because my friend Devin got out on the floor first. She was not afraid to shake her thing. And we just all decided, yes, now is the time. And so to me, Blister in the Sun is associated very much with the joy of dancing. Just the, the because that was really the moment in my life too, Sarah, that I discovered the ecstasy of dancing in a crowd. And I I actually wrote one of my college entrance essays for Emory University that I eventually attended about this moment because it was such a profound experience of joy and communal joy and letting go of some inhibitions. And it's going to be hard for me not to think about masturbation in everything I say this episode because (laughs) letting go of inhibitions is also a thing. (laughs) True. I think that I did not know 
until relatively recently, not like this morning, but like, you know, I was fully an adult and had listened to the song hundreds of times and had seen it on My So-Called Life and it was on the My So-Called Life mixtape and it was on a mixtape um, friend of Mast Ass and host of Jazz Ass, John Ramos, put uh, made for me that is like uh, still a uh, seminal teehee. Um, mixtape in my heart. <laughs> I have like remade it as a genius playlist. But um, I didn't know that this was about jerking off. And then once you realize that it is, it's so obvious that you're like, oh my God, I am an idiot. Um, but yeah, I like that. I also like the fact that this song, it does have this um, confident energy about it that I love. Um, and it's sort of short, like a very efficient rubbing one out <laughs> takes a couple minutes and then you're like, okay, I'm done with that. And I on with my day. Go on with my day. Uh, smoke a cigarette next thing. So yeah, I've always loved this song and the, um, the rise of like, um, uh, Lime wire and just music downloading and stuff like that really brought back a lot of this particular era of 80s, like alt, mm. uh, like alt indie hits. Um, so I was reunited with it in the 90s and um, it's a great song. But on this list, it for me, it's right in the middle. Number four, four points. All right. Well, I, I honestly can't really argue with you that much because it is a great song and it also does i think epitomize what great rock music can do with very few elements Uh you know you don't need tons of production you don't need a string section you can just have a guy with kind of a shitty voice and a kind of shittily recorded drum (laughs) track and like if you can just barely make it work in the back of your garage like with your dad's old paint cans all around you and still make a fucking great song and this epitomizes that for me yeah and i do want to point out that like so many of the songs on this countdown in fact i think all of them that are recorded by men the Violent Femmes deny that this song is about masturbation. Uh-huh. And I do not understand why. Yeah. Big hands, I know you're the one. Like body and beats, I stain my sheets. What else are you talking Is it a song about shitting the bed? Gordon Gano of the is Violent Femmes? Is it a Fems? song about a wet sh- dream? Like this is a pubic hair not worth splitting, in my opinion. <laughs> Anyway, but you know what? <laughs> it, I, I will point out, I do think it's interesting that the men on this um, list are coy, but the women are like, yes, this is what the song is about. Yeah. I think it says something good. Much more direct. Um, what was your ranking for this guy? Right. Uh, meanwhile, I also did like the song. And when we started this, I thought it was going to be in contention for number one. Same. But it it ultimately, yeah, interesting, right? And then like the more that I listened, I thought, mm, no. But I still did put it in third place with five points. Mm, okay. And the patrons agreed with me. They also put it in third place with five points. But we're all of a piece, all of us, I would say. I think so. Um, I bet the Patreons were a little surprised at themselves that that's where that landed. Yeah. I, I think that um, it's also – yeah, we'll, we'll get to the 
one of the things that I think is interesting is the first and second place on this, but we'll, we'll get to that. But yes, you never know how it's going to go. Well, um, t- speaking of rankings that we're eagerly anticipating, moving on to Billy Idol's Dancing With Myself, um, I have been warned by Mark that there is one song on this list that he never wants to hear again. He has refused to give me even a hint as to which one it is. <laughs> I have a couple of contenders, and this is one of them. <laughs> Am I right? No. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> In um, fact, yeah, I'll I, just go ahead and spoil the... Before we hear the clip, I'll just say, I didn't expect to love this song as much as I did, but something happened, and it's like uh, the heavens parted, and the ray of Dancing With Myself hit me smack in the face, and I felt like I had been lifted up into the stratosphere. That's a really mixed metaphor. The point is, I feel like I heard this song in my heart, for the very first time while preparing for this episode. I think I may have to. Um, I'm going to start with the beginning of the song. That's the part that I clipped. And I think that um, if you're not sort of there emotionally in the first five seconds, then this just isn't the song for you. That's okay. But we're going to hear some, we're going to hear more than five seconds. Here we go. And the mirror's reflection I'm a-dancing with myself When there's no one else inside In the crowd and lonely night Well, I wait so long for my love vibration And I'm dancing with myself Dancing with myself Dancing with myself I have a lot of thoughts. May I begin sharing with them with you now? Yes, please. Um, first of all, this video is pretty well known, I think, if you were like at that age where you were watching MTV constantly when it was on um, and this song was on constantly. I think the video actually, even though it's kind of legendary and anyone could describe it, who was like sentient at that time, I think it actually isn't as good as the song Qua Song. Mm. Um, with that said... There was something about this, like not that whatever zombies trying to climb Mount Billy Idol corporate building or whatever the fuck post-apocalyptic jerk off scenario was happening in the video. There was something about Billy Idol's presentation in this video at that time that I was like 10 and I found it really scary Mm. and off-putting and now I watch it and I'm like, yeah, a 10-year-old cannot, <laughs> is not ready for that jelly. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I that KY jelly would knock just about anybody down to fuck Billy Idol in this video. I mean, he, and he remains like, he's stuck with his style and he has a good sense of humor about himself. Like he's, I think, a, he's a good one, that guy. And like seems to have a um, healthy appreciation for being a pop punk and mm-hmm. making the paper that way. And, com- you know, compare that to like grunge where everybody's always miserable counting their money. He's like, this is great, right? Um, well, I got to have more sex and a ride a motorcycle. Great. Yeah. This song uh, is 
I mean, there should be a little woodcut of him sneering in this video next to bullient in the dictionary. Uh, the clarion call of that bass single note being strummed. Not a coincidence, I'm sure. Uh, this is a great song. It's like probably 20 seconds too long, but who cares? Like it does exactly what it needs to do as a pop song. It's very danceable. I was like headbanging again while we were listening to this clip. I didn't think it was going to go this way, but it's my number two song. <laughs> Six points. Yes. Sarah, it's also my number two song. Nice. Uh, so let me say, like you, I also was really put off by Billy Idol's image when I was young. And he seemed like someone that I shouldn't acknowledge or look at in any way. <laughs> yeah. And I remember especially, uh, I think I was 11. I was 11 when the Cradle of Love video came out. Uh-huh. And that underage girl is writhing on the bed the whole time. And I'm like, this isn't right. And yeah. I would have remembered that my grandmother got horrified that I was watching that video in her house, which she should have been horrified. So <laughs> I had misperceived Billy Idol as being somehow like uh, forbidding. But you're so right that when you look back at it now, it's like he's just having a good time. I mean, the motherfucker had a number one hit with a remake of the song Moni Moni. Mm -hmm. This is not a very threatening uh, artist. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> really. I mean, he definitely put the moan back in Moni Moni. Like, he, <laughs> he was threatening but, in a way, in that same way that someone we're going to talk about a little later, Prince, was threatening. That it was like, it's when you can't articulate pelvic feelings. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, that's right. really scary, I think. So... Yeah. I, I think that's exactly what it is. It, Billy Idol is having a great time, and Billy Idol is very confident, and he knows in the '80s, especially, that he is sexy. Mm -hmm. And when you're when you're young, like we were, it is intimidating to be like this man is sexy, and in some inchoate way, I am attracted to him, mm -hmm. but I don't understand why or how. I'm scared. <laughs> totally. <laughs> but now, now, like you said, I too would elbow just about anybody in the face to get at that. I mean, the level of perfect sweat sheen on his chest in his 80s music videos, it requires study. Yeah. It, I mean, you, you get it a is baby right oil, now. but there were like patents involved in its application, and I am not upset about it. Yeah, it's just like, damn. So now, though, I can also appreciate, and this had never occurred to me before, Sarah, it's the most obvious thing in the world, but why did it take me until my 40s to realize, oh, this is a new wave song? It's a new wave rock song. Yeah. It's not a punk song. It's not a scary thrash metal song. It's a new wave song that pairs perfectly, I have now learned from experience, with Walking on Sunshine. Yeah, it really does. And a song that creates, that pairs perfectly with one of the world's great joy bombs is uh, all right in my book. And I didn't think that this song would make it even into the top three. Even I thought it might be hovering around six. And then here it is all the way up at number two for me as well and the patrons put it in fourth place perhaps less enamored but that's all right we seem to both lust after billy idol enough for all of us yeah, um, they're all so like unsubscribe well look <laughs> but again that's four points from the patrons putting the song in fourth place and uh i do want to also note that billy idol true to the form that you've just described said in an interview that i found that 
Dancing with Myself was originally written because he saw a Japanese disco where teenagers were looking at themselves in the mirror as they danced alone. Uh-huh. But he acknowledged, oh, yeah, there's definitely a masturbation element there, too. Yeah. Thank you, Billy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Enjoy your top ranking. <laughs> now, darling Nikki, uh, Listeners, you will, of course, remember we discussed just a few weeks ago as part of the episode 210 ranking of the Purple Rain soundtrack. But when the song explicitly says that she's masturbating with a magazine, paper cuts and all, um, we felt like we had to include it here. Yeah, so we don't have a clip. Um, We're going to assume that you remember it, Um, which is weird because I liked this song way better in the context of this conversation than in the context of darling Nikki's albums conversation. Like interesting. I didn't dislike any of the songs on that record, but I went back and looked and darling Nikki was like, it wasn't my last place song, but it was in the bottom half of that album. Interesting. Here it's number one because it (gasps) is so much more sophisticated than the others it is so much like maybe it's because it's a like third person wank versus first person wank maybe it's because it's prince who's just like you know despite being head and shoulders below physically head and shoulders above artistically uh but yeah this is my number one See, now this is, a, I feel like right here we have learned, th- th- this almost makes me feel like we should do a full episode of recontextualized songs that we've previously ranked, <laughs> yeah. because I fucking love that. And you are right that like, in terms of musical sophistication, this is the champ of this bunch. Yeah. And uh, you might recall, I-, I can't remember right off the top of my head if it was number one or number two, but I think Darling Nikki was number two. On my, it might have been number, it was very high. It was very high. And uh, for me, in this context, it actually didn't succeed as well. Hmm. And it's interesting because, of course, I still love Darling Nikki and would listen to it at any time. But I think that I was just looking for a bit more, that's a funny way of putting it, but I was looking for a bit more joy Uh (laughs) and a bit less stank. In my masturbation sure. songs this week. Well, that I mean, I think that's the third person part of it. That it's like, yeah. does it make, does it subtract certain, um, it, like, it's weird to say that an, a song is self-absorbed when it's about pleasuring yourself. But like, t- sometimes some of these songs cross that line into preciousness, in my opinion. We'll get to it. Right. Um, and that's not an issue here, especially since... Frankly, I'm still preoccupied with the mystery of the magazine and how exactly it is being deployed. <laughs> is she looking at it? Is she rolling it up into some odd shape and yeah, using I mean, it? We is just it don't like know. a dildo situation or she's using the spine like a vibrant? Like, I don't, I, I'm still very or, unclear. Yeah. Or is it just like sort of propped open on the let on the the arm of the chair and she's handling her own? Yeah, we I don't. never know. <laughs> Did she crack the spine? Is it, you know. Like, right. Did she have to use an ashtray to hold the. (laughs) Did she have to use an ashtray to hold the pages open? Or it's like balanced carefully in the, like a limb of the ficus in the corner of the lobby. We've given this so much more thought than Prince ever did. 
Well, and the other thing that's so important to remember is that she's in a hotel lobby. She's like down there in the Howard Johnson or whatever. <laughs> like also how subtle is she being as she's doing all this in a in a hotel lobby? I mean, Are they having we ladies breakfast while she's doing it. <laughs> we ladies have our ways <laughs> involving center seams. I'm going to leave it at that. Oh, yeah. Look, uh, creativity. (laughs) So that being said, obviously, Darling Nikki is still an amazing, amazing song. But I just in the terms of this ranking, masturbating is fun. And so I was just drawn more towards the songs that were fun. Uh And uh, that's why it ranks for me only in fifth place with three points. Huh. Okay. well, (laughs) Okay. So I get I get the impression as we go down this list that we are going to start to diverge. I, I think so. I really so think so. Fifth place. Um that's fifth place from me and also fifth place from the patrons, but a bold and beautiful mm. first place uh placement from you, Sarah. Unexpected, yeah. Okay, next we have a song that is uh Let's just say it's, again, on the sad side of the masturbation spectrum. This is um, Icicle from Tori Amos, a song that, again, I do want to say for the record before we go any further, I do like this song. Um, It is one of the many songs in which Tori Amos conflates religion and sexuality. And so while everyone else is downstairs praying and having a sort of church revival in the living room, she's upstairs getting off um here's a little clip of icicle from tori amos and when my hand touches myself i can finally rest my hand and when they say take all his body i think i'll take from my name Getting off, getting up while they roll downstairs, singing prayers, sing away. He's in my pumpkin pigeons, lay a book on my chest. Feel the word, feel the word, feel the word. I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Tori. I mean, I that's exactly right. Like, bless her heart, but (laughs) my notes literally read Radcliffe sophomore George Winston smells his own farts. (laughs) (sighs) Because, because kind of. Also, this song is like, it, it takes like over a minute for anything to even happen besides plinking. (laughs) <laughs> like i, I yep. love i love tori and you have to sort of fold all of her into your arms t- tinkling and all but this is not I-, I think as impressive as it was to me when it came out which was a pretty long time ago so it's not the worst but it's number six two points sorry girl <laughs> yeah i feel like i quote unquote like this song because <laughs> i love tori amos and you're like you said you have to take her warts and all and this is also the album that gives us cornflake girl and god so mm. you know okay 
great. Yeah. Um, like you but, have to it, you have to meet people where they are and where she is is <laughs> right. outside a coffee house and that's just how it is. It's fine. L- listening to the clip you pulled in such isolation, <laughs> her fucked up enunciation of words oh. is just so clear here. Affectation. <laughs> He's in my pump. <laughs> oh my god yeah yes there are yes. times when like you could be listening to this while looking at the lyrics and still not be totally sure what the fuck is going on <laughs> i know <laughs> also that's that little extra yelp that she puts in there when she goes ah ah it's like like we girl we did get it actually you're we got it thanks <laughs> But she's like so she's so confident. The thing about Tori Amos that makes me not go crazy when I hear things like that is I do not get the impression that Tori Amos is affecting this to make me think anything about her. I think that's just truly how she is. And you either enjoy the strange posy in the field of daffodils or you don't, you know, like she's just her own strange flower and she's not going to change for you. She's not even thinking about you. She's just making sounds and there happens to be a microphone on. God bless. You're a kook sometimes. Wrap me up in a shawl that's made out of fairy wings. Let's go. Well, I mean, really, like, I think that her, I think the way she works, at, you know, from the, you know, consumer side is that, like, every song is an egg, basically. Like, there's no... Yes. There's no like process or editing. Like she had the idea, she executed on the idea, and you're gonna crack the egg open, and either it's gonna be a delicious omelet or it's gonna, you know, stink up your whole kitchen for two days. (laughs) And you're you're never sure. But like this is like whatever you get is what she intended. Yes, that's exactly right. Whatever you get is what she intended, and she wasn't doing it for you. She was doing it for herself. Yeah, and you either like it or you don't. And yeah, there was a there was yeah. a spirited debate when this album came out with me and uh, a couple of college friends about whether she was actually masturbating with the icicle. And I'm like, I I think you don't need to complicate Tori any more than she complicates herself. <laughs> well, and, you know, my friend Laura, um, who you sometimes hear on our theme songs, she and I lo- uh, 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 loved Tori Amos and this album. So when it came out, we had a long conversation, I remember, about. Okay, is she masturbating thinking about Jesus? Did a did someone from the church group come upstairs and, and we finally realized we also just don't think we'll ever know. <laughs> All of the, just just she's getting off. Their PJs have pumpkins. Oh, another thing. Are they pumpkin colored PJs or are they PJs with, with pumpkins, pumpkins on them? them? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it was at Halloween. <laughs> maybe she has ha- pajamas for every holiday like so many people in this world yeah that does seem like something she would do um point being i agreed with you sarah i put this song in sixth place as well it got two points from me and the patrons i think would rather not wear pjs they would just rather keep their sweatpants (laughs) on because they put it in last place seventh place that's one point for yeah that's um not real surprising uh I will be surprised. Okay, I'm not going to actually I don't know. I I think I know how you're going to feel about I touch myself by the divinals, which is the song we're at now. I might be surprised though because so much is topsy turvy in this world. Um I do want to give a shout out to our listener Cat who in a recent 
live streamed happy hour that we do for all of our patrons every week here on Mastis. Again, patreon.com slash Mastis. She told a great story about falling for the music of the Divinals because of their inclusion in the 16 Candles soundtrack, Hello Cat. But for many of us, the Divinals, though they had been around since the early 80s, didn't become a band we knew about until I Touch Myself was released in the early 90s. This is the Australian act's only top 40 hit in the United States. It was a big hit, number four. Uh, this is a little clip from I Touch Myself. I think before I say anything that you should talk about what you thought of the song and then you should make your prediction for what I thought of the song. Okay. <laughs> okay. Woo! Here we go. I fucking love this song. I will always love this song. It is it just the hook on this song is incredible. There's like five hooks on this song. The chorus has such a great melody line. Uh, the... The part where she goes, I honestly do at the end of the song. So good. Her vocal on this song, I think, rides perfectly the line between kittenish and aggressively sexy. She's coy, but she's in charge of the coyness. I really like it. I love uh, the just overall vibe and rhythm and driving drum beat of this song. It's just great for moving around. I can never not sing along. When I was in uh, seventh grade when this song came out and I bought the single, my dad was listening to it as I played it in the car and he was a little taken aback. And I know I've told this story many times, <laughs> but I tried to front like, no, dad, I touched myself like I grabbed my chest because I like you so much. I don't think he bought it. <laughs> not a dumb um, guy, Gary. <laughs> he's, 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 a, he's not. He's a sharp tack. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, so it is very, very much my first place pick on this song. Like, do I think that it is a novelty song that probably doesn't represent what the Divinals are all about? Yeah, but I wouldn't know because I've never heard any other Divinal songs. But this song is so fucking good to me. I'll never get tired of it. Oh, and I have to add too, we had many, many acapella groups at Emory University. And one of them was a mixed gender group called Aural Pleasure. A-U-R-A-L Pleasure. And Aural Pleasure had a woman who sang this song, and bless her heart, she didn't really have the persona, the stage presence or the chops vocally to do it, but she did it, and we all sat around and acted like it was good. And then at the end of the song, always, she would go, I honestly do not. And it was just so sad to me that she felt like she had to negate the entire song. Like, I honestly do not touch myself, then why have you been lying to us, lady with... Not enough stage presence. Anyway, but even she couldn't ruin it for me. First place, seven points. And the patrons also put it in first place. Now, Sarah, you've asked me to make a prediction. Well, we've already heard your selections for numbers one and two. I I actually, I'm, I'm, I think that maybe this is your last play song. 
yeah, it's not close. I fucking hate this song. I've always oh, no. hated this song. <laughs> I at like everything that you pointed out um, are things that I received differently and negatively. Um, I think the kitten voice is um, v- cynical and affected and uh, like does not work for me. Um, I honestly did. We fucking get it. Like cut, please. Um, I didn't dislike this one as strongly back in the day, but this, like for whatever reason, the order in which I listened to these songs, um, this came after, um, like this was sandwiched in between my numbers one and two and my listening process. Mm. And it just, like it just felt so dated and so draggy and I just don't like it. And I, I never need to hear this one again. It's just really pleased with itself. And I mean, I'm all for being pleased with yourself for singing about masturbation. Like I, I tried not to grade too harshly on like sophomore smugness about singing about something scandalous because it was a different time. And I think our society is more open about this stuff now and whatever, but this just does reference for instance, the song WAP. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look like <laughs> this is, this is just not for me. I like other divinal stuff a lot, but this song has always been like her to me. So yeah. Number seven, one point. Sorry, y'all. You, and you know, I can totally accept that. I, I do understand, even though I love the song that this is the most corporate sellout song that the Divinals probably ever could have done. It is the equivalent of a re- of a fine restaurateur making something for Burger King. Like, well, I totally fine. understand. My fantasy football team name was Institutional Starch. Like, as you know, I'm not a stop about this stuff. It just seems like... Like, it's fine to sell out, but maybe don't be quite so... Like you know, looking at the camera about it, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I listen. I totally get it. I this think it is right on the my... line of a lot of things, like you said. And for me, it just crosses them and not in a mm-hmm. good way. This is just like the convenience store pastry that I would eat. Mm-hmm. Like this is my ho ho, where perhaps you would be like, "No, I'll have a snowball instead." Yeah. <laughs> that's that's so well put. Truly. <laughs> Oh, empty calories. Mm, sweet How snacks. do you get yours? So next we come to another incredibly explicit, overt song about masturbation that is not pretending to be anything other than what it is. <laughs> no. This is Shebop by Cyndi Lauper. This is a song that reached number three on the Hot 100, and it was one of four top ten, actually top five songs from the She's So Unusual album. Uh, I, Girls Just Want to Have Fun reached number two. Time After Time reached number one. All Through the Night reached number five, and this song, Shebop, reached number three. And I have to believe, Sarah, that one of the reasons this song did so well is that if you aren't paying careful attention, it's not entirely clear that the song is about masturbating, but then once you really listen, it is. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I have to imagine that it got to, it started climbing the charts before anyone heard I'll Go Blind as what it really was. (laughs) But anyway, here's a clip. Yeah, 
I'll be interested to hear where this landed in your rankings. This started strong for me and then kind of slid down, as it were. (laughs) Um, The video, like if anyone was trying to argue that this was not about masturbation, the video removes all doubt. Like master bingo, like there's tunnels, there's her twisting throttles. I mean, this is absolutely a song about masturbating. One of the uh, animated gas pumps says self-service mm-hmm. and then the price is paradise or nirvana or something. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we got you. Girl. Um, but this song as a musical prospect is is interesting to me because there was there's something about that grinding guitar line that um, was both compelling and uncomfortable to me as a kid in that way that we were talking about before. But then Qua Song it's like fairly simplistic, but then in my opinion, it never quite gets to that like release. Like there's there's not quite that climactic moment in this song, which I feel given the subject, like some something should happen in the last verse that really kind of sends it out with a self bang and it just doesn't quite like it's a good song but it's not it's not quite satisfying to me anyway um it's a classic you could say that it's uh it it rubs and tugs but doesn't quite finish yeah it doesn't it doesn't little little uh blue balls or blue lips for for your girl over here with this one so this is my number five song with three points yeah, I agree with you. Another thing that we were talking about recently in Happy Hour was the idea of songs that have sections that you really like, but maybe they aren't yeah, packages yeah. that you really like. Yeah. And the synth line in this song is so good. It is. Like the... But like the song doesn't really have enough else going on to make it rise above general acceptance i'm not mad that this song exists yeah no i'm not either but i mean this was always this was always one that like you know what's your favorite cindy lopper song like i think it would take me a minute to remember maybe that this was yeah that this like this song would never come and it would never be in my top 10 of cindy lopper because even some of the non singles or the less successful singles from this album like money changes everything reached i think number 20 that is a great song or her cover of when you were mine by Prince. So yeah, this I think is a song that it's um, it rode the wave of her popularity. And now I think it is one of those songs that you're like, Oh yes. Also that similarly to you, you said that you put the song, I'm sorry, I didn't write it down. You said fifth place or third place. Uh huh. Fifth place, fifth place. I put the song in fourth place and gave it four points. So we are quite aligned. Now Mm. the, patrons however i was startled um i referenced this earlier this song was only one vote away from tying for first place huh um like and i like the the i'm not surprised by that and the like really really close uh so it is second place from the patrons with six points but it was almost first and um you know damn um i wasn't expecting that but again uh Fifth for you, fourth for me, second for the patrons. Yeah, that that sounds right. Well, I guess I have an answer. 
<laughs> I think you do. To the question. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I probably would have ranked this one higher if it weren't deeply problematic. And also if I didn't suspect from the jump that this was the one that bugged the shit out of you. <laughs> We're talking about turning Japanese by the vapors. I mean, I don't know. Let's just hear the clip. Mark, plug your ears for 45.3 seconds, please. I mean, that chord. Well, let me ask you this. If we excised the, like, um, if we just excised the uh, Orientalist elements from it. That part, you mean? Would that help or do you just hate it? All of it. Uh, There are three poles upon which I really hate this <laughs> hang my tent of loathing okay <laughs> so definitely the first pole is that orientalist little chord in there like get mm. the fuck out of here yeah, second though i actually do believe the vapors when they say that this song is not about masturbation and instead the only reason it is perceived in america alone my research tells me not anywhere else in the world but in america to be about masturbation is because of a really gross racist joke about the way that one's eyes look when one is in the midst of having an orgasm. So that that's is, why? Yeah. Oh, America. That is disgusting as well. Why so, do we always have to be the fucking worst? Like, I know. We not be the worst for like five minutes in a row this year sometime. Would that be possible? <laughs> Could literally oh, any other country barf. rank last for five minutes? Like, could could everyone in Sweden just go outside and lightly kick a seagull or something? I mean, for God's sake. <laughs> or glare at a kitten. <laughs> exactly. Arms folded. You know what you did. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> so those two things, if we were to remove the double whammy of racism that is now attached to this song, and again... I don't think that the vapors meant it to be about masturbation, but America has decided that it is. And I think that it has to be now. I mean, that the narrative is bigger than the intent of the artist at this point. But if you remove those two things, still all you're left with is a C minus version of what Billy Idol was doing earlier in this very episode. And hmm. I, I okay. just, I just feel like this song is bland. It's tapioca new wave. It doesn't have it's got like one idea and no charisma. And I just have to say, no, like the song would have to be, it, there's no way that it could overcome those other elements, but then it's like, just, just a sad old piece of shit on top of it. No one point for me. And actually I would say on a seven entry ranking episode, I'm putting this in 10th place 
one point. Okay. Um, so negative two points. Um, as a song, uh, I will, you know, I just decided that the vapors are not monsters and went in a sort of like everybody was kung fu fighting direction where it's like, <laughs> well, there was a lot we didn't know. Also, I did was not aware of that like vile reference. So um, I just like the song more than you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's your ba- snowball ba- to my ho-ho. Like the non-racist parts of the guitar line, I think are fun. And it is not necessary to watch the video, and you shouldn't. But I think there is some commentary at least being attempted about about racism against Asians that is not racist against Asians. That said, the song is 40 years old. (laughs) Some things didn't work out. Um, So, yeah, as a song for me... It was third with five points, but as a a cultural artifact that America ruined, I'm afraid I also must place it in 10th place. (laughs) Maybe maybe this is one of those, speaking of Tori Amos, that were like, why don't we just rank it brown? (laughs) We're not even going to do numbers. We're just going to be like, this is... Yeah, this is the number no. <laughs> this song, on a scale of one to seven, I rank this song crouton. I I was going to say, I'm going to go with verp. <laughs> Please uh, leave the- croutons out of this. They've done nothing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, leave the Except toasted bread alone. <laughs> um, leave my bread alone. Oh, so the patrons put the song in sixth place, giving it two points. And um, I actually now have our final rankings, if you're ready to hear them. I think I am. Okay. In verb place. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In seventh place is Icicle by Tori Amos with five points. Bless her little heart. Mm-hmm. In sixth place is The Vapors with eight points. No help from me on their ranking there. Mm, then we have all you. we leap all the way up to 13 points in our tie for fifth place, which is um Shebop and Darling Nikki. They both have 13 points. Okay. Then we go because that was a tie, I'm then now going that's two for five. So then we're going up to number three. Our um third place finisher is Blister in the Sun with okay. 14 points. Our second place finisher with 15 points is your loathed I Touch Myself. Mm, well, but I think that we I can tried. all get behind what I think is a rather surprising first place finish with 16 points for Dancing With Myself. I am quite surprised by that, but uh, gratified, as it were. You know um, what? I, I have to say, I'm glad I that love we can that. all worship that particular not false idol. Yeah. You know, this is a really great example of why the consensus ballot can be so interesting because it wasn't anybody's first place pick, but we all liked it enough that it became the group's favorite. So interesting. Yeah. And, um, you know, in a couple of cases, um, unadulterated loathing um, led to perhaps a more just result overall. Well, because I do think that of all of these songs, what is the song that both of us would be thrilled to hear at a wedding and would get us out of our chairs and onto the floor. It's dancing with myself. Yeah. 
ironically, since we would not be dancing with ourselves. But That's well fair. Well, I'll tell you what, Sarah, I am glad that in this study of self-pleasure, we had each other. And uh, it's been a delight to rank these songs with you. And patrons, thank you so much for your votes and your participation. And um, yeah, I, I guess I'm just going to have to go... No, I'm not going to make that joke. I'm going to just try to be tasteful and say, have a wonderful rest of your day. <laughs> mirror, mirror on the wall. Tell me, mirror, what is wrong? Can it be my daylight clothes or is it just my daylight clothes? What I do ain't make-believe. Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship, that's me, and Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. I also edit the podcast, which is a proud member of the Believe Network. Learn more at BLEAV.com. To learn more about us, submit song requests, get a pop chart reading, or buy a Mastis book, visit our website at MarkandSarahTalkAboutSongs.com. You'll also find all of our social media links there, too. That's Mark and Sarah, with an H, TalkAboutSongs.com. And for even more content and access to the Mastis Happy Hour, become a Patreon supporter at Patreon.com slash Thanks for listening. Mark and Sarah talk, Mark and Sarah talk, Mark and Sarah talk about songs, talk about songs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.